In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Which of these sicknesses would be worse to you? One, would it be worse to be terribly sick with the flu? So you have high fever, you got the sweats, you got the chills, you're vomiting repeatedly, diarrhea, okay, just feeling like you were dying. Would that be worse? Or would it be worse to feel absolutely fine, to feel great, really? feel like everything was normal and good and you were healthy, and yet to unknowingly have cancer growing in numerous organs of your body. Which is worse? The flu is pretty bad, isn't it? It's easy to see the symptoms. Everybody can look at you and know, wow, you're sick. And yet, depending on your age and the specific type of flu it is, you'll most likely, in our day, most likely recover just fine. Cancer, on the other hand, has a much greater potential to be severe. And if it's already in numerous organs of your body, then your time is probably quite limited. And yet, you don't even recognize that you're sick. That certainly is much worse, is it not? It's a much worse sickness, even though, for right now, it's entirely internal. You don't even know you have it. There are no external signs of it. Now, some sins are like the flu. They're very external. Everyone can see them. Everyone knows them. They know you're a sinner. They know you're sick. Like tax collectors. Like prostitutes. Nobody ever said, well, those are really upstanding Christians. Everybody knew. They're sick with the flu. Okay? Their sins are very external. And today there are still sins like that. Sins that all of us can see. Okay? There are still prostitutes today. We can all say they're sick. They've got the flu. There are still today alcohol problems, drug problems. Those are easy for us to see. Men and women who are in prison for certain crimes, right? No question. We can see they're sinners. They've got the flu. Okay? Those who practice homosexuality, those who have been party to abortions, those who cheat on their husbands or wives or abuse their husbands or wives, those who hate God, those who never ever set foot in a church, those are easy to see, aren't they? They're, they're all external. We can all say they're sick. They've got the flu. But remember, which sickness is worse? Is it worse to have the flu or is it worse to have cancer? External sins are easily seen. They can also be very quickly healed with repentance and forgiveness, just like you can quickly get over the flu. Okay? They don't hide as easily as other sicknesses, so you know you're sick and you know you need to do something about it. So why are all the tax collectors and prostitutes coming to Jesus? Because they know they're sick. There's no question. They look sick. They've got the flu. They're showing the symptoms. Okay? 
They knew they needed to go to the doctor, the doctor of souls, no question about it. And so this is a pretty big point that I don't know that we give enough credit to. What did Jesus say about the tax collectors and prostitutes in Matthew chapter 21, verse 31? Did he say, oh man, those guys are sick. They're never getting into the kingdom of heaven. No, in fact, he said, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and prostitutes will go into the kingdom of God before you. They're going to be the first ones in because they just got the flu. You got cancer. The worst sickness is cancer. And some sins are much more like cancer than the flu. The hardest sins are those cancerous ones like pride and arrogance and hypocrisy and greed. Now, people don't always see them, do they? They hide themselves deep in our hearts. We often don't even recognize that we're sick. These are the deadliest, though. And that's why the tax collectors and prostitutes are coming in while Pharisees and scribes are refusing to come to Jesus because their sickness is deeper and greater. Jesus says to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs. Outwardly you appear beautiful, but within you are full of dead people's bones. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus is talking to the church in Laodicea, and He rips on them. He says, you say, I'm rich. I've prospered. I don't need anything. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus saves. You, you just look through the Gospels. He saves His strongest words, not for tax collectors and prostitutes, for Pharisees and scribes, for hypocrites. They were sick with the cancer of pride and hypocrisy, and they didn't even know it. And so it still is today. And that's why when the Pharisees see tax collectors and prostitutes eating with Jesus and hanging out with Him, they grumble because they can't see their own sickness. They're hypocrites. They think, oh, we're, we're fine. We're not as sick as these guys. They got the flu, right? But all the while, they're filled with the cancer of hypocrisy. Now, because this is such a deadly cancer, because it is so easily hidden within our hearts, Jesus gives us not one, not two, three parables in Luke 15 to try to help us to see that Jesus is always searching for every sinner. No one is excluded. There's no 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Okay? Everybody's sick. Everybody needs the doctor, okay? And this is how Jesus is going to teach you today to not be a hypocrite, okay? This is how he's going to do it. Now, I think you ought to listen to this sermon today. I'm going to tell you why. For one, I, of course, think you ought to listen to every sermon because it's God's Word. But I think you ought to especially listen today because I have a hunch, and I think it's a really good hunch, that I think none of you in this room want to be a hypocrite. There is something that God has especially put... You, you all know the Bible says the law is written on our hearts. Well, some of those laws are written in a little bit better than others. And I think the law about not being a hypocrite is written really clearly on our hearts 
Because when somebody calls us a hypocrite, it stings. We do not want to be a hypocrite. And I think that's all of you. And I think you ought to listen to this. You don't want to be a hypocrite? All right, Jesus is going to tell you how not to be a hypocrite. And do you know what the answer is? I'm going to say it kind of flippantly, but then I'll explain it. The answer to not be a hypocrite is you've got to go to the cancer center. Okay? Got to go to the cancer center. You need to be keeping your appointments every week at the cancer center where the doctor is Jesus. Now, I'm going to come back to that, but I mean it with my whole heart. All right, now I want to tell you a little, a little side note, but very much the same line. I want to tell you what happened on another June 25th, 493 years ago in Augsburg, Germany. That's today, by the way, June 25th. It was the day that the Lutherans presented to the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, Emperor Charles V, they presented to him their Confession of Faith. It was called, is now called the Augsburg Confession. And I have a few copies of it on the table in the back. If you've never read it, take one. If they run out, I'll get more of them. Okay? If you have the Book of Concord at home, it's already in there. You can just look in that. But you'll remember it was 1517 that Luther nailed the 95 Theses. That's why we had our big 500-year celebration in 2017. But it's not till 13 years later that the emperor finally gets around to dealing with Luther, at least in a, in a complete way. Now, what took him so long? How come he had, took so long to deal with Luther? Well, he was very distracted. He had numerous fights going on in different fronts. And he finally, in 1530, gets the job done to schedule a big meeting, a big imperial meeting. And basically the hope is we're going to squash these Lutherans. They're causing all these problems. We're going to get rid of them and get them back into the Catholic Church. Okay? So these, understand, these Lutherans, they're the tax collectors and prostitutes. That's who they are. We don't want to hang out with them. They are the worst of sinners. They got the flu. They are sick. We see them vomiting and diarrhea everywhere. We don't want to be around them. Okay? They were the heretics. So finally, you got the emperor and the pope. They're bound together at this meeting to say, no more eating with these guys. We don't, Jesus is not for them. But what did the Lutherans say? They took this beautiful and moving document, the Augsburg Confession, it took them about two hours to read it in German. Can you imagine? Two hours listening to that? How about a two-hour sermon this morning? And um, most sources say that Emperor Charles V was attentive to the whole reading, but there's a few sources that say he actually fell asleep at a, at a point during the reading. So who knows what actually happened? But it doesn't matter because the confession was made. Okay? And it still stands to this very day. Okay? Now, what does the Augsburg Confession say? It says that the church is one big cancer center. One big hospital for sinners. It says that Jesus came to eat with tax collectors and prostitutes. It says the church isn't a place for Pharisees and scribes who make up all their own traditions and rules and, and demand that everybody follow them to get into heaven. No! No. It says the only way is to come to Jesus in repentance and faith because all of us are deathly sick with the cancer of sin. I already told the Bible study this. On the front east pillar of our church, when you walk out, you can take a look. 
It's got the name of our church, Trinity Lutheran Church, and then it says UAC, U period, A period, C period. Stands for Unaltered Augsburg Confession. Now, if that confession is so important that 75 or so years ago, they said, let's put it on our cornerstone, I think it's a pretty big deal, isn't it? This Augsburg Confession is a big deal. It tells us who Jesus really is. Okay? The confession is 28 total articles. The first article says who God is. That's pretty self-explanatory. Father, Son, and Spirit. But then Article 2, what is, guess what Article 2 says? We're all sick. Original sin. We are sick with cancer. It's all through our bodies. Numerous organs. We are going to die from this cancer. It walks us right into the cancer center. And then Article 3 says, let me introduce you to the doctor. Article 3 is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who heals cancer. Article 4 is, how does Jesus heal that cancer? Through faith, through believing in the forgiveness of sins given in Article 5 in the Word and Sacrament. And it just keeps going from there, right? Let me read you Article 4. It's very short. Our churches teach that people cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merit, or works. People are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. By His death, Christ made satisfaction for our sins. God counts this faith for righteousness in His sight. And it goes on from there, telling us where to find the cancer center, right? The church. Telling us that in the church we receive the healing medicine of the Word and sacrament. And finally, when they get to the end of the document then, in the last seven or eight articles, depending on how you count it, guess what they do? They condemn the hypocrites. They condemn the Pharisees and scribes, which tell people that the tax collectors and prostitutes aren't welcome to come to Jesus. They condemn all those church traditions and rules that would keep anyone away from seeing the doctor. Now, since you Lutherans and Christians are armed with this Augsburg Confession, you have the truth of God's Word, you are ready to not be a hypocrite. Now, it's a struggle. Oh man, it's a struggle. Because every day, that pride swells up in us and we, think, we start thinking, I'm better than others. But, to not be a hypocrite... You keep God's Word, you keep the truth of the Augsburg Confession close in your heart, and you keep going to the doctor. You keep going to the cancer center. Okay? You must always know that you're sick, and you keep going to the doctor of souls. And where is the cancer center? It's the church, the divine service. This is where the healing happens, where you learn not to be a hypocrite. So, Jesus, the doctor, tells us the story of the lost sheep. That's you and me, right? And every patient at the cancer center. The lost sheep is the tax collector, the homosexual, the prostitute, the atheist, the prideful, the gossip, the addict, every one of us who has cancer. And we don't ever say at the cancer center, wait a minute, don't let those people through the doors. They've got the flu. So what if they've got the flu? Our cancer is even worse than their flu. All who recognize their sin and all who repent of it are welcome here. The doors are open. The appointments are ready. The only ones he's not seeking at the cancer center is those 99 who say, we don't need him. 
the righteous who don't need repentance, the ones who refuse to be healed. That's the only one who can't come in. Everyone else, come on in. And how about this parable, the parable of the lost coin? I did a little research, and it's quite interesting. At least I find it interesting. Do you know that the Federal Reserve of our United States of America, the Federal Reserve has a big machine. They, they have numerous of these machines. At one time, I, I, couldn't figure, I could not find if it is still in operation, but it was as of like two years ago. It's called the BPS 3000, the Banknote Processing System 3000. Okay? And it takes all these bills of money, not coins. I'll talk about coins in a second. It takes all these bills of money and processes them. And any bills that are torn, ripped, wrinkled, overused, it scans them all, shreds the bad ones, and replaces them with new ones. Isn't that awesome? Right? Now, Jesus doesn't shred you to pieces, but he does here at the cancer center with the processing machine of his word. He scans you for all your cancers, for your rips, your tears, your wrinkles, and he makes you brand new with the healing medicine of the sacrament. Now, coins are treated a little differently. Maybe some of you are familiar with this. Coins are sorted out, and the sick coins are melted down to be made into new ones. You and I are sick coins. We are the lost coins, the rusted, corroded, the ones that are hiding in the dirt and dust in the with the crusted food underneath your car seat. But here at the cancer center, Jesus throws a party for crusted over coins. He melts us down with the power of his word and makes us new. And here's the cool thing. What does the Bible say? He imprints us with his very image right onto us so that we are treasured coins. Okay? When you keep coming here to church, to the divine service, to the cancer center, then you keep realizing how sick you are. Right? He's... He puts you through the BPS 3000. He scans you and you see, wow, look at all those cancers in me. You keep realizing that you're the lost sheep. You're the lost coin. And that's how you learn not to be a hypocrite. It keeps you from being that hypocrite who thinks that you are any better than someone with the flu. So I want to leave you with an image. I think it's a very powerful image. An image of a cancer center. Many of you have been to cancer centers. Some of you have beat cancer. Some of you have cancer. I've been to a couple of them with family members, and, and this is my impression. Do people in cancer centers look down on one another? Do they treat each other with hypocritical contempt? Oh, look at that one. There goes someone riddled with cancer. There goes a tax collector, a prostitute. Of course they don't, right? If you've been there, you know. There, there is a very natural camaraderie between those at the cancer center. Why? Because they're all sick. They're all sick and they all know it. And it doesn't matter if you've got breast cancer or brain cancer. You're sick. And they rejoice together to be healed the church is that kind of a place. It's actually an even better place. Because here we know that the healing is guaranteed. We know that we're all sick with the worst kinds of sins. And we don't look down on each other like hypocrites do. Instead, we keep each other accountable in love. We care about one another. We keep calling each other. Make sure to keep your appointments. Make sure to do your treatments. 
Make sure to take your medicine. We call each other to repentance faithfully, not hypocritically, because we know we all need the doctor of souls. So friends, my last word to you, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Know your sickness and stick close to your doctor. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.